We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you ready to unlock your true potential and take your personal and professional growth to new heights? Then listen up, you guys. I want to tell you about The Huddle. This is my newest exclusive way for you to work with me in a group format for you to get mentorship and coaching every single week. Think about what a huddle is. When you're on a team of people, you get together, you put your heads together, you strategize and game plan for what's going on in your personal and professional lives. And that's what we're going to be doing every single week together on a 60-minute Q&A style coaching and mentorship call. This is your opportunity to get access to me and get my hot takes, opinion, and advice on how you can continue to up-level in your life and business. The other thing about this program is that you're going to be surrounded by like-minded individuals just like you as we come together to network, create change, and propel our lives forward with the huddle. So if you want to join me every single week for a place for you to get and propel your life to the next level, then go to torygordon.com slash huddle or click on the link in any of our social media bios. Sign up for the huddle today. I'll see you guys this week in the huddle. What's up, Coachable family? Welcome back to the Coachable podcast. Today is a special day. We're in the studio with Rebecca Zong, one of the leading top 1% of attorneys in the nation. She is known and recognized by US News as one of the best lawyers in America, but she's a globally recognized narcissism negotiation expert. So if that doesn't get your ears turned on and interested, then you're in the wrong place because today we're going to be talking about how you can break free from narcissistic abuse, identify if you're in a toxic relationship, and make sure that you know how to stand up in your power instead of being bullied in your workplace, in your relationships, so that you know how to reclaim that power. And Rebecca Zung is going to give us kind of the play-by-play with her Slay the Bully book that's coming out. It's all about how to neg- negotiate with the narcissist and win. So welcome to the show, first of all. Thanks for making the the time and the, and the trip to be in Vegas. Thank you. I love your plays here. It's so much fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, I want to jump right in because what you do is absolutely fascinating to me. I've heard your reputation precedes you. Let me just first of all say that I've had so many people contact me and say, you have to have Rebecca Zung on your show. <laughs> 
because she's she's the best at what she does. And you have such a unique niche perspective and work that you do really helping people in, as a divorce attorney, but also just like really negotiate with narcissists. And, and that's not, not something I've ever heard before. So can you just give me a little bit of background? Like, how did you get into this work specifically? And did you know when you were signing up to be a lawyer, like, I'm going to end up working with narcissists? Yeah, definitely not. Right. And I always joke because I only moved out to LA a couple of years ago and I'm like, oh yeah, I, I went from being a divorce attorney, working with narcissists all the time. And I moved to LA because there's no narcissist there at all mm. whatsoever. <laughs> Capital of narcissism, <laughs> yeah. possibly. Exactly. So, and, and I certainly did not ever think that I would be doing this at all. And in fact, when I, I merged my practice with two other guys a couple of years ago, because I really wanted to do something else for a living, I, I thought, I thought I actually might do something more in just the, the negotiation space. Mm -hmm. And because I had really been lecturing and speaking on negotiation in general for many, many years, that's actually how I built my practice. Mm. Because, you know, when I was bu building my practice as a divorce attorney, I nobody wanted to hear about divorce. Mm -hmm. So I built a lecture around divorce, I mean, around negotiation in general. And so I thought, okay, let me learn about YouTube. Let me learn about digital courses. I was learning about funnels. And so I really thought I would do negotiation in general. Mm -hmm. But then as I was getting into entrepreneurial endeavors, I knew I was more of an entrepreneur at heart. I ended up in one particular relationship that was with a person who ended up to be a covert passive aggressive narcissist. And it was one of the most disempowering, horrible, traumatic experiences of my life. And I can tell you that it brought back feelings of when I was bullied as a kid. I was bullied for being Asian as a child. And I was so confused about what was going on, frankly, because I certainly didn't know what a covert narcissist was at that mm -hmm. time. I didn't have that vocabulary. And I had built one of the top family law practices in the country already at that point. I was representing some of the most powerful people in the world already at that point. So I certainly felt good about myself sure. at that point. And so why all of this was happening was very confusing to me. And I didn't really understand it at all. Until I got out of that relationship. And after that, somebody said to me, oh, that person was a covert passive aggressive narcissist. Mm. And it was only then that I was like, what is that? Right. And I started reading about it and learning all about it. And that's when I started applying it to some of my cases. And it was like I had discovered penicillin and I started to see movement in my cases. And that's when I started to do YouTube videos on it. Yeah. And it all kind of came together at that point. Yeah. Because you truly are like a sensation in this, in this realm and everybody, you know, if, if you've come in contact with a narcissist, especially if you've been in a relationship with one, I'm sure if it, if any point you're on a healing journey and you're looking for tips and tricks and strategies and tactical things you can do to overcome this, you've probably come in contact with some of your content. But for those that haven't, 
And maybe either they've, you know, they've experienced what you just talked about, something that's very disempowering, a lot, very confusing, feeling bullied, feeling just like not knowing which way is up and maybe something's wrong with me. You know, what are those those things that can that people can identify uh, maybe within their own relationships or their own life? What are those identifiable factors of a narcissist? How do you describe or define narcissism? And what are some of those things that we might see in patterns within ourselves or within our relationships that might say, hey, this is a red flag. Yeah, absolutely. And and so easy in, in some ways because, and now I would definitely know, I would see them, you know, from a mile away, sure. but I certainly didn't know at that time. But it was, it was, they are, they all start off with this, what they call love bombing or uh, this sort of idealization phase. And it's, it's actually in, in a professional setting or in a personal setting and where at the beginning they seem absolutely perfect and they, they, they use mirror neurons to make it seem like they're the most amazing, wonderful person on the planet. They make, they're, they're very, very charismatic, charming, and, and they make you feel like you are the most special person on the planet mm-hmm. as well. And they, I mean, it's, it's almost overpowering, overwhelming. They take your breath away and it's, it's like 40 or 50 emails a day, text messages. They can bring you the perfect contacts. If it's in business, they have all the amazing, everything that you could have ever wanted. If it's in a personal setting, it's, you know, you're speeding toward that next level. Mm-hmm. Let's move in together. Let's meet your family. You know, you, you don't even have time to think because it is to the moon immediately. You know, why wait? You know, we've been waiting for each other our whole lives. We're soulmates, you know, and so they really want to get you to that next level to lock you in as soon as possible. And even if you see red flags, they just kind of, they're so good at batting them away Mm -hmm. right away because they want to get you to that next level. They're making a deposit at that point. Yeah. I mean, just as you just described that piece, I can specifically, like I'm taken back to a time of my own life where I experienced just that. And it was in a, it was in a professional setting. It was actually uh, the CEO of a company that I worked for. And it was this all in companies, just accompanying, just like swept up feeling. I just got swept up in the opportunity and the way it was being presented. And it was just, I mean, this is going to be the best job, dream job of your life. And we're going to take care of you. And, and even in my onboarding process, it was just very over the top luxurious. And there were red flags though. So as an example, just practically what this looked like for me personally was here's a Tiffany bracelet during your onboarding process as a welcome to the family, welcome to the company. And, but on the other side of that, I was like, but we're not going to give you health insurance. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to throw a party for you and make you seem like, make you feel so celebrated, but in the day-to-day operations and getting, getting what you need and getting things accomplished, that was incredibly challenging to do. And we were coming, I was coming up against so, it was just absolutely horrible. But the package, the wrapper that it came in was very pretty and shiny. Exactly. And you probably noticed that red flag Mm -hmm. and, and, but you were so thinking, well, it's probably going to be okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, so your brain sort of 
maybe I, you know, I kind of turn, I say turn the red flags pink or something, Mm -hmm. you know, you kind of maybe thought of a way to kind of defend it, you know, even though your heart knew something is off, off. you kind of knew something was off. And I had the same thing in my business relationship too. I saw red flags, but all the other things looked so good. Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, it'll probably be okay. You know, because things are moving so quickly and everything else looks so good. You think, I'll figure it out. It'll be all right. It'll Mm -hmm. be all right. Mm -hmm. And then of course it's not. And then you're locked in, locked in. And then everybody else starts to know in your life that you're doing this and you've kind of announced it to the world and you've already told this person that you're moving forward and you, you, you start to get afraid to back out of it. And, you know, and so there's all these things that are happening mm-hmm. that you, you're kind of afraid to back out of it. Yeah. Well, you know, nowadays I wouldn't be so afraid. I'd be like, you know what? This isn't for me. Yep. Because I know that it's way worse down the road to try to get out of it. Yeah. That, that love bombing season or, or initial like attraction phase is so like consuming. It's it is. so insatiating. You're like, oh my gosh, this feels amazing. And like you said, you go out and tell everybody about it, especially for me. I was young. I was right out of college. It was my, like one of my first jobs. Mm-hmm. And I was so proud. I was like, oh my God, look at what I've been able to like. This opportunity is is so amazing. It's not going to come again. And so I think that idea and the way that it was presented was like, I've got to hold on to this and I've got to protect this. And the way I protected it was ignoring those red flags. Yes, and exactly. I think you you kind of ignore them because you you're afraid that you're going to lose something, or because you're in sort of a vulnerable state. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's what happens. They prey upon you because you're in a vulnerable state yeah. at a particular moment. And I think for me, you know, my vulnerable state at the time was that I had just you know left my practice mm-hmm. and I was starting something new. And so when I went back to my old business coach who I've been working with for 13 years now or something like that, who's sort of my go back to person, Mm -hmm. you know, she, my mentor person, she said, Rebecca, you know, you think when you start something new that you need somebody else and you don't. Mm. She's like, you're a badass, go do your thing. Yeah. And it was such an aha moment for me after I got out of that mess mm-hmm. that I thought, oh yeah, you know what? I don't need somebody else. Right. But they do, they prey upon people who are in sort of a vulnerable state. They look for those openings. Mm-hmm. They look for those windows mm-hmm. of opportunity. Yeah. And this was the case in my experience because I didn't know better, right? This was my first introduction into the corporate world. And so I didn't have any other reference point to look back on or any other context for what it might be like in a different company or somewhere else. So that was kind of my introduction. And I just, uh, eventually I saw, you know, the situation for what it was. But even then I found myself, I would leave and then I would come back. It was like a relationship that I couldn't cut myself off from, really. I I left the company and then I would go back to it. And I had to relearn over and over, like things aren't going to change. This dynamic is the way it is going to be. And the only way to get out of it is you've got to leave. Um, But it was this alluring, very toxic relationship that felt like it had this like tie or pull back to it. Well, there's a reason for that. 
And that is because once you get into that devalue stage, mm. which is what you, you know, you will definitely get to mm. as soon as that love bombing idealization phase is over and they lock you in, you go right into devalue, mm. which is the toxic part. I call it the toxic stew because now you're going to go hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. Yes. And the reason why you go back to it is because there's a, a thing that happens with your brain. And there's a study out of, a, out of Stanford by a psychologist named Robert Sapolsky, mm. who did a study on monkeys. And what that study looked like was that he, he gave a reward to the monkeys if they did something good every single time and nothing happened with their brain. And then he gave a reward to them intermittently mm. and they didn't know when they were going to get, you know, a mm -hmm. reward for doing something good. And just the anticipation that they might get something mm. caused the dopamine levels in their brain to rise to the level of cocaine. Mm. So they actually became addicted to getting that reward, but it, it, it's, it's really kind of like the anxiety mm -hmm. of, of it mm -hmm. in a way. Yeah. So you become physiologically addicted to, I need that hit. I need that yeah. high. Where's that person, that thing, that, that event of back to the love bombing, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it's that high, low, high, low, high, low. Mm -hmm. And that's how they keep you stringed in. It's this push, pull, push, pull, they push you to the brink of that's it. Yeah. I'm out of here. I cannot take this anymore. And then they draw you back in with it's making you feel amazing. Like you're the most amazing person special. I'll bring you back. You know, it's going to be what you thought it was going right. to be. All of so that. I'm going to sell you this like exactly. idealized life again. Now, uh, I just want to backtrack a little bit so that people really understand what we're talking about here. Like, what is the definition of a narcissist? And is there a spectrum? Are you or aren't you one? Or is there, yeah, is there a spectrum of that? And what does that kind of look like? There definitely is a spectrum. And in some ways, we all have some narcissistic traits and tendencies, sure. right? But all the way to the end of the spectrum would be narcissistic personality disorder. Mm -hmm. when there is an actual legitimate personality disorder. And there's nine traits and tendencies that they look at for that. Okay. But, and I talk about that in my book, which is just coming out now, Slay mm -hmm. the Bully, How to Negotiate with a Narcissist and Win. But I like to look at it in more of a layperson's definition because I think it's so much easier for people to understand. Yeah, And that is that it's a person who has no sense of feeling or, or value internally. And so they have to get all of their sense of feeling and value from external sources. And- so it's, it's image, anything that has to do with image, mm -hmm. which I call diamond level supply. So depending on how far down the spectrum they are, it's all about money, cars, prestigious friends, big houses, all of that, which I call, you know, the image piece. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the other flip side of it, which I call coal level supply, is degrading people treating people poorly. Mm. It's controlling people, manipulating people. It's that feeding your ego by pushing people down. Yep. Yep. So, and both, both feed their ego, both, both, both are very, very important to them. 
but it's a it's an endless black hole. They can never get enough of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And so if you're in that relationship with them, whether it's professional or personal, you're trying to constantly feed that and they can never get enough. Right. And so you're left feeling totally and utterly depleted mm-hmm. and yet they're still starving. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're called energy vampires. Yep. Because, you you know, it's never enough. Right. And on the flip side of that, as somebody who's experiencing that, you know, you're bending yourself into a pretzel to try and be what they want you to be, to try and please them or try to satiate them in that way. And you likely always feel like, well, what am I doing wrong? Why am I getting this backlash? Or like you promised me this, or you told me all of these things. And now we're in this like devaluing, degrading situation. And I don't, I'm constantly not knowing where I stand and I'm walking on eggshells. And so that can have such an impact on your, like you said, your physiology, but also just your body. I remember, and I'm so grateful that I have not encountered this again since that one working experience. When I would get a, I would get a phone call on a Sunday afternoon, and this was the same person that was throwing parties, that was was getting limos to places to show off, to giving you Tiffany bracelets, and then I would get a phone call on a Sunday or about a client that's like, I'm going to take this client away from you, and this is going to happen, and you know, um, I'm going to change your base pay, and just like all of these incredible threats and like cuss me out. And my body would go into this just shut down, oh, God. stressed out, panicked state. And I, it was confusing, you know, it was these hot and cold moments. And, and so I feel for those people who are like experiencing that panic or that like, oh, I, I'm getting the phone call or I got the text or I can feel the they're upset. What do I do now? And you really focus on helping people to negotiate their into creating the life that they want, the relationship that they want. Where do we begin if if people are finding themselves in a, in a relationship, professional or personal, with a narcissist? How do you how do you switch the like flip the switch from being bullied and participating in that to some degree to starting to take your power back. Yeah. So, you know, I have my slay methodology, which is strategy, leverage, anticipate, and focus on you. Mm. And the first part is S, which is strategy, creating that vision and figuring out what it is that you want. Where Mm -hmm. is it that you want to go? But within that, I also have these three steps, which I call step one, don't run. Step two, make a U-turn. Step three, break free. Mm. So that first step is part of the S, which is, it's a full course correction. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're talking about making that U-turn, you're talking about a full on course correction because, you know, at first you feel like, I just don't know what to do. I feel so paranoid. I feel so powerless. Mm -hmm. I feel so paralyzed, paralyzed, voiceless. I just don't know you know, I've spoken to so many people who just feel like if I just do one thing, if I say one thing that's off, they're going to go off on me. Mm -hmm. They're going to go crazy. I'm going to feel the backlash. And so they're just not sure how to start. Mm -hmm. And so I say, step one, don't run, which is just create that boundary, create that boundary that just feels like, okay, I'm not going to retreat 
anymore. I'm not, I'm no longer going to allow myself to be conditioned Mm -hmm. by this person. Mm -hmm. And so just starting to look at them as if they're a toddler Mm -hmm. having a tantrum on the floor, you know, Mm -hmm. and I can see that you're upset. I can see that you are angry and we can continue this conversation when you are um, not so angry anymore. Yeah. When we're, when, when we can have it in a way that's respectful Mm. and just sort of like putting an invisible shield down around you and, and, you know, I would say like your Superman chest or your Wonder Woman bracelet and just everything kind of, you know, Teflon's off mm. of you. Mm. That's how you sort of start the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, their brains are, have, have experienced trauma. Sure. And so you just have to understand that you, that's what you're dealing with mm-hmm. and not take it personally. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's such an important point. It's like, you're not necessarily dealing with the person you're dealing with the the ramifications and the consequences of these experiences this person has lived through. It's almost, and it, it, it takes a bit, but like it's seeing this person from a different perspective, almost like a child, you know, seeing them having a tantrum. It's like, I'm not actually in relationship with this adult human being. I'm really in relationship with a traumatized child. And this is the way they're acting out. And I am, you know, I'm being affected by that. And yes, we have to stand up. We have to take, you know, set boundaries. But I think, like you said, at first is just seeing them differently and then standing up for yourself and saying, hey, kind of no more. How does a narcissist respond when you start to stand your ground? What might someone be able to expect when you decide, hey, this isn't going to fly anymore. I'm not just going to be, you know, run all over or controlled in these ways. And you start to take on that, you know, superhero approach, what might people be able to expect as, as a byproduct of that when you do that? Well, you know, they're not going to like it. It's sort of like a toddler mm-hmm. who, when you start to condition them, right? Mm-hmm. It's, they think I'll just, you know, scream louder and cry harder mm-hmm. and kick more. And then mommy and daddy will eventually give in. Well, okay, that's all right. But you just have to start to go, it's okay. I'm, you know, you're not responsible for their triggers Mm -hmm. and that's okay. Yeah. And, and so, but you figure out a way to strategize how it's going to work. And what you will find is a lot of times your worst fears don't end up playing out the way you think they're going to play out Mm. if you use your leverage properly, if you create a strategy properly. Mm -hmm. You know, you can what if yourself to death. And I always say, you know, if you're going to what if yourself, why not what if yourself to the positive way? So true. So true. I mean, how many of us, most of us spend all of our energy um, thinking about what if it don't doesn't work out? What if it goes badly? What if I lose my job? What if X, Y, and Z? And we play out all of these scenarios, like to your point, that most of them rarely, rarely <laughs> end up happening the way we imagine them. And we can take that imaginative power and also think, what if it works out for me? What if I actually am able to remove myself from this situation? What if I am able to create the life that I want to create? And all of those possibilities exist. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, and so 
it's so interesting because our brains are not wired for 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 success. Our right. brains are wired for safety survival. and survival. Yeah. Exactly. And so the person who is successful is the one who says, how, how can I do this? Mm-hmm. Instead of, I can't, I can't get what I want. You know, the, the narcissist always gets their way. Mm-hmm. I, I can never win. You know, if, if you stay in that victim mentality, then, you know, I always say to people, so do you want to be right about that? Mm. Or would you like it to be different? Yep. Because if you want it to be different, then you have to start asking, okay, how? How can I how can I make this different? What is it that I want? Where are we going to go with this? You have to believe 100%. That's the why in my slave methodology, which is your mindset. Mm-hmm. You have to 100% believe that you can win. You, you don't just need a good lawyer. You don't just need all of those things that you think that you need because then that all of that gives away your agency. Yeah. All of that gives away your power. Mm-hmm. You have to believe I can take control of this situation. Yeah. Well, and asking the question, how, like, what would it take? What will it require is such a more empowering question and opens your mind to possibilities of like, what if this could work? What would it take? Versus asking why. And I know I've seen in some of your content, you've talked about a lot of people's approach when they're dealing with a narcissist is to go to that narcissist and say, why, why are you doing this to me? But how does asking why actually give them the power? versus keeping it for yourself? Well, because they're never going to give you the answers that you want. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I talk about, you know, the F's of narcissism, like, you know, forget about asking, you know, them foreclosure, Mm. forget about trying to get them to see your side, forget about trying to get them to acknowledge anything that you ever did for them, forget about getting them to, you know, give you anything that you want. Yeah, take responsibility. Take responsibility. You know, any of those things is just a waste of your breath, Mm -hmm. your time, your energy. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I talk about often this sort of aha moment that I had, which was I was on vacation. It was only in July of 2019. So we're only talking about four years ago for me Mm -hmm. that I was on vacation with my family in Maui and we went to the top of Mount Haleakala to see the sunrise. And my daughter was 17 at the time and it was so beautiful. And we got up at like crazy o'clock in the morning. You go up there and and it's it's literally heaven on earth to mm. see the sunrise. And this Hawaiian guy starts doing this chant mm. and it's it's amazing. And and my daughter, who's 17, leans over and says, Mom, it's heaven on earth. I, and I mean, we're talking about a 17 year old girl who, you know, basically hates everything at that point. <laughs> and, and I said, oh, it is. And in that moment, I was starting to think about this narcissist and all this, you know, toxicity that was going on in my life at the time. And in that moment, I, I remember thinking, no, 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 no. You do not get to be here. Mm-hmm. You do not get to be here in heaven on earth. You're not going to take this moment. You're not getting this moment. Yeah. And in, in that moment, I realized, oh my God, how many other moments of my life am I giving this person? Yeah. You know, walking around in my kitchen, walking while I'm walking the dog, ha- talking about it with my friends, all this stuff that I had given this person. Mm-hmm. 
And I thought, that's it. I'm not giving this person any more time of my life because every moment I give this person, I'm allowing myself to be a victim. Mm -hmm. I'm in victim mode. Yeah. And I, that was it. That was an, the aha moment for me. I thought, I'm done with this. I want to be in creation mode. Yeah. And I don't want to be in victim mode anymore. And so I, the person who walked up that mountain was not the same person mm -hmm. who walked down. And I, it was like my deciding moment. And I wanted to be in creation mode. And I decided I'm getting out of that. And I'm going to finish my book, which mm -hmm. was Negotiate Like You Matter at the time. And I sent it out for endorsements. I asked Robert Shapiro. He, I didn't even know him, but he emails me back right away and says, call me. I'm like, oh, okay. So I called him and he's, he offers to write the foreword for the book, which he did. And, you know, that's when I started my YouTube channel and all of this kind of started to be in motion at that point. Mm. And so magic can happen because you make a decision. I want to say a quick thank you to our sponsor of this week's episode, Camuso Design. Camuso is one of my all-time favorite brands because they are not just a jewelry brand. They are truly my hack for relieving anxiety and stress in my day-to-day -day life. And I'm about to tell you why. I wear their shift necklace. It is an absolutely beautiful stainless steel necklace. It is designed in such a way to help you relieve stress and be more calm. And genuinely, that's exactly what it does. I wear this all the time because all I have to do is breathe. I, as you guys know, I'm a breathwork facilitator. I absolutely love the power of breath. And with the Camuso Design Shift Necklace, it is a simple, beautiful reminder that hangs around my neck to remind me to stop, slow down, breathe deeply, and allow my body to do the rest because we truly are our own medicine if we allow ourselves to be. So with this necklace, all I have to do is take a deep inhale through my nose and breathe out through this beautifully crafted necklace. I breathe into the necklace itself. And what it does is it naturally elongates my exhale, helping me to downregulate into my parasympathetic nervous system feel calmer and clearer in just a few seconds. This is the best thing you can do for yourself is gift yourself the gift of calm with Camusa Design or a friend. I gave these away when I was at Burning Man on the playa and every single person that I gifted one to was so grateful and amazed. They have beautiful stains for women, men, and children. So this is one of the absolute like favorite things I have in staples in my closet, but also one of my very favorite wellness secrets that I'm no longer keeping secret. So make sure you guys go over to camusodesign.com slash coachable to get 15% off your order today. That is camusodesign.com, K-O-M-U-S-O design.com slash coachable and receive 15% off your order. Now back to our episode. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I'm so excited to talk about this because this show is all about leveling up your game. And that's the mental, emotional, spiritual game as well. And I know that we've all been through something challenging in our life, whether that's the loss of a loved one, a relationship, or just trying to figure out your place, your purpose, and your worth. There is nothing more valuable that I have found in my life than finding safe spaces for me to talk through what's really going on in between my ears, inside my head. And 
Sometimes our mind can be our biggest block to transformation. But with BetterHelp, you have a therapist that you can connect with entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suitable for your schedule. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, I really encourage you guys to try BetterHelp. All you have to do is go to betterhelp.com slash coachable today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash coachable. That's it. That's so powerful. Because, and I want to stay on this because people need to hear this. To decide, and this is, this is important regardless of if you are dealing with a narcissist or anything in your life. When you decide that the root word of decide means to cut. Yes, side. It's actually to cut, kill, side. To cut off from. Cut off and what from. you're saying, and you yeah. said, I got to the top of that mountain and I decided I cut off from any other option, Yeah. right? And when we're still in that, that contemplative, but maybe they'll change or maybe they'll see my side or maybe they'll come around and apologize. Then you are on the fence, right? Energetically, you're like, I'm not, you can't move in any direction because you got one foot on one side of the fence and you're like, I'm out of here. I got to get out of here. And then the other was like, but maybe this time it'll be different or maybe, you know what I mean? And you're trying to manage the situation versus create a new one. And the power of just making a choice and putting both feet on the side of one fence and and moving in that direction, how the universe will start to organize itself around that choice and that powerful choice. But it also, you can't get there. And maybe, you know, speak to this if, if you experienced it. I know for me, I have. To get to that point of powerful decision-making, you have to sort of grieve the life you thought you were going to have, the way you thought it was going to work out. You have to let go of who you thought they were going to be. And some a mentor yeah. of mine sort of said to me, sort of this in the context of, of parents, but I think it goes in the same way with, with, you know, these types of dynamics. Somebody that you were hoping this would be a great thing, a great business partnership or a great relationship. And we have to grieve the death of people physically, but also the death of who we wanted them to be, but they weren't and let go of the idea that it could be any other way, right? And accept what is, accept them as they are and say, I'm going to go in a different direction. But until you get to that point, you're always going to be hoping that they're going to change. Right. And and you hope that anything in your life is going to be a certain way or whatever. But as soon as you decide very specifically what your life is going to look like and how you want it to be, what it's, what's going to happen. The universe will line up for you to make that happen Mm -hmm. for you. I mean, it's like water. It'll just like go around things, through things, whatever. And it'll move and get behind your back and make it happen Mm -hmm. for you. Mm -hmm. And I've seen it. I mean, but you have to have such clarity around that. And that's what happened with me. Yeah. You know, I had decided I was going to do something on YouTube or whatever, but I really didn't know what that was going to be. And then I did one video in January of 2020 on how to negotiate with a narcissist. I had 300 subscribers on YouTube at that point. Mm. And they were pretty much all my friends and family who I'd like went around and begged, could you subscribe to my channel? You know, like, and I I had 30 views per YouTube video at that point. And it was my mom and her church friends. I go, watch your video. And and then I did this one video and had like 800 views. And I thought, oh my God, this is a thing. And so I decided to do this course and I was, 
I decided, okay, I'll have it go live in March, 2020. I, like, of course, I have no idea what's going to happen in the world mm-hmm. at this point, but I, I'm like recording the videos, getting it ready to go. I literally was writing the course on the plane when I was flying back and forth from Florida at that point, because I still had my law practice mm-hmm. still at that point. And, you know, by January of 2021, I had made $1.1 million on that course, which was a $500 course. Mm. And I had 110,000 subscribers on YouTube. So you just don't know what comes from making that one decision in your life Mm -hmm. to, to just make a change. Yeah. Yeah. It takes courage. It takes leaving behind what you know and the familiar to step into the unknown and say, at least the unknown is better than where I've been. You know what I mean? And because in the unknown is all of those possibilities, like you said, and it, And that I think is the beginning of the shift out of victimization and into empowerment, out of feeling like all these things are happening to me. And now I'm saying, no, I'm not going to be defined by what's happened to me. I'm going to decide what I'm going to do about it and how I'm going to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. So the slay piece, because I know this is such a pivotal like part of your work and your book. And I want to reiterate, it's slay the bully, how to negotiate with a narcissist and when. Um, what are those other three components? I know you talked about the S and take us back through what those mean again. Uh, so strategy, mm-hmm. leverage, anticipate you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of a strategy, that's talking about when you're really negotiating with somebody. What, what do you, where do you start? Where do people start? How, you know, how do I start to have a strategy in terms of how I want to go in and stay in my power, keep my boundaries, and and use my leverage. Do you have any tips for people yeah. around them? Yeah, and I mean, it really, they work even if you're just dealing with them in a family situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just had this conversation with somebody recently that I'm coaching who, you know, it happens to be a well-known uh, person in the mm-hmm. public. And we had this conversation and we're like, okay, actually, this is going to work for this particular situation. And it's not, it's not like a sit down at the table negotiation where at the end, an agreement is going to be signed, Sure, but it's still a negotiation. There's a, any, there's, we're negotiating so much more than we think we are, Mm -hmm. you know? And a lot of times I actually say the first negotiation that we do is in the morning, sometimes for our own self-worth with our, with ourselves, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. but, but the S piece is actually, creating that vision. Where is it that you want to go? Right. I mean, and honestly, we should be doing this for ourselves in our lives anyway. Mm -hmm. And so that's your GPS. Yep. And then action steps around that. Mm -hmm. So that's the strategy. Yeah. And, And in the book, I actually help people figure out what kind of narcissist they're dealing with, whether it's covert, grandiose, malignant, you Mm. know, because that helps with your steps as well. Mm -hmm. And then L is leverage. And this is what really, really distinguishes my work from anybody else's work, because I help people understand, first of all, the brain physiology of a narcissist, which I kind of alluded to a little bit before, but how a narcissist became to be through trauma as a child. Mm -hmm. And what it is that you're dealing with when you go to negotiate with them, yeah. which I want to get into in a moment. But the leverage piece 
is understanding that concept of diamond level supply versus coal level supply. Right. And understanding that there's this myth around negotiating with narcissists that they just want to win. Well, that only takes into account their image and that diamond level supply. It forgets about this whole concept of coal level supply, which is that they also enjoy and really get off on manipulating you mm. and seeing you squirm. They love that. Mm. They That feeds their ego too. Right. That they have power over you. Power. So, yeah. Control. Yeah. That and, makes sense. Yeah. And so it's not just about winning. Mm. And that's why many times you cannot ever get to the end. You're like, what is it that they want? I'll just give it to them. I, I, I can't, why can't I get this thing done? Why right. can't I get away from this person? Mm -hmm. Well, that's why it's because of that. And so you have to create a situation where you threaten a source of supply that's more important for them to keep than the supply that they get from manipulating you and jerking you around. Mm. Can you give an example of that? Yeah. So I had a situation where I had a C-level executive who was very, very powerful. He was, it was a fortune, probably 20, 30 company. Mm. And he had all the power in the, in the marriage. He thought he had all the power in the divorce as well. Mm -hmm. And in that particular situation, he also had a pension for uh, other women. He had a lot of escorts. He had a sex addiction problem. Mm -hmm. Well, the wife had no idea of any of that at all. I mean, she thought they had the perfect life mm -hmm. and the perfect marriage. Until she, and, and she had never cheated on him at all. She didn't even know he had ever cheated on her. Until she goes to the OBGYN and finds out that she has herpes. Mm -hmm. And genital herpes. And I mean, that was devastating to her. And, you know, here she is like in her 50, and maybe, maybe even close to 60 at that point. And she's like, what the hell is this? Sure. And of course it, it's, you can't get rid of that. Right. And devastating. Devastating. And so this is something he very much does not want people to know about. Sure. And so, and, you know, we were able to figure out that he knew about it through his doctor's records and things mm. like that and never told her. Now, this is something that clearly if we had filed a, 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 a torts action, which you can do in Florida, you can file a civil torts action and demand a jury trial which is all ethical, mm -hmm. it's all something that one can do, then, you know, he, it, people would have potentially found out about it. Right. So, you know, this is a situation now where very much the leverage has turned, where, you know, you can go into in, mediation and say, listen, this is what we want, mm -hmm. or we're going to go and file and, and amend our petition and ask, demand it for a jury trial, and ask make this public. Yeah. And now it's going to get filed. Yeah. And we're going to ask for all kinds of damages and you're going to potentially be exposed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so now we've got You've way got more leverage. leverage. Yeah. That, that makes sense in terms of the, the tables have shifted. This is more important now, like his reputation and keeping that silent and keeping that Correct. close to home is more important to him than and continuing to jerk her around. Right, right. Wow, wow. That is an, a really powerful story, an example of what that looks like. I mean, 
it can feel, I, I would imagine for people in those situations, so overwhelming, you know, where, you know, where do I start? How do I reclaim my power? You've given people some really, really amazing steps here. And I know that your book is filled with them. And that's really where people should go if they want to know more about this. Is there any other things that you would say are like really critical factors that it, for those who are experiencing this, have experienced this, or whether it's personally or professionally, that you're like, this is something I really want people to know when they're ne- negotiating with a narcissist or just when they're trying to heal and leave a situation that's no longer good for them. Yeah. So I just quickly want to say A is anticipate yeah. what they're going to do and be two steps ahead. And and in that section, I talk about how they're going to bait you, try to trigger you, all mm. that. And I give a lot of different tools on how to have achieve emotional mastery and not be baited and a lot of different ways to handle that. Mm-hmm. Then the why is you, your mindset, staying on the offensive. And I just want to tell a quick story Please. with that. And, and knowing that you have the power and knowing that it is you who defines your value mm-hmm. and, and people will think what you tell them to think. And one of the best quick stories that I like, I like to share on that is that I had practiced law for about eight years. And then I went and was a financial advisor for Morgan Stanley for about two years. I was a broker, actually a stockbroker. Mm-hmm. And then I went back to being a lawyer to start my law practice. And at the time I had hired that business coach that I mentioned before. And I was so worried that the very affluent community of Naples, Florida, they were going to think that I was such a flake. Mm. I thought, oh my God, these people, they're going to be judging me. You know, she was a lawyer and now she's, then she was a financial person. Now she's going back to be a lawyer. And I was very, very concerned about what people were going to think. And she said to me, people will think what you tell them to think. Mm. She said, you can tell them to think that you're a flake or you can tell them to think that you are the only lawyer in town that has a financial background. Mm. So therefore you are actually more qualified than any other family law attorney in town. Right. She said, which story would you like to tell? Mm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll tell that story. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, because that's also true. It's also true. And so I stepped into that power. Yeah. I like actually leaned into it, stood into it. That was my identity. And within a couple of years, I was representing billionaires, celebrities, very high powered people it very, you know, definitely people who wouldn't, were not going to hire a flake. Right. But if I had showed up very apologetic, I'm sorry, you know, this is, you know, I'm, I'm so flaky. Yeah. You know, that's what people would have seen. And so I just say to people, people will think what you tell them to think you and you alone define your value in relationships, in negotiations, when you walk into a room, it narcissists very much respect people who know who they are. Mm. And so when you walk into a room, people can feel your power. You're like 70% of your communication is body language. Mm-hmm. And 
that is actually a narcissist kryptonite. They stay away from people who know who they are. Right. I'm sure they're afraid of them to some degree because yeah. you can, you're not easily convincible and I'm not going to pull the wool over your eyes, if you will. You know, that's why they probably like prey on those that are more vulnerable and a little bit more, you know, lacking in their own self-worth and their own value because they can easily be manipulated. Yeah. Authentic power always beats that that counterfeit power mm-hmm. every time. That's mm-hmm. just, it's a process, you know, and I think um, w- whatever part of that process and journey you're on is okay, you know, but I think it, it's really powerful and important that there are resources like yours, like your content on YouTube, like your books that help give people a roadmap out of that and back into their power. Cause ultimately that's what you're doing is, is handing people kind of th- the keys to, reclaiming their power and saying like, I deserve better. I deserve what I desire. And I don't have to continue to, uh, to tolerate this because we will always get what we tolerate, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I love what you were saying too, about the anticipation piece, which comes before that you shift, like what story am I going to tell? But that anticipation piece is really critical too, so that people know kind of ahead of time when you've got that you know, you've got those reference points that you share in your book around, hey, this is what you can probably expect. This is how they're probably going to respond when you do start to uh, set boundaries or you stop feeding the fire and fueling it with your energy or with your commentary or with your questions. That alone provides people with powerful insights that allows them to stay strong instead of getting re-swept up in it, Right. Because yeah. if they can anticipate it, they can see the game. They can see what's playing out in front of them. And like, no, 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 I'm not going to fall for it this time. Exactly. Yeah. And and then from there, they can reclaim that and, and say, hey, how do who do I want to be? And what story do I want to tell? And am I going to let this define me? Or I'm going to let this help me grow into and, and be part of my story. But this is not my whole story. Exactly. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're an example of it. You teach people how to do this for themselves. And your story is so powerful in itself of just like what you've been able to create, what's unfolded in your life and the success that you've had since making a choice and saying, my life is mine and I'm no longer going to let this person take my energy, take my joy, take my moments of heaven on earth. Those are for me. And look at you now. I'm just amazed and so inspired by your work please, please, please tell people about your book, how they can get it, as well as what you have coming up. I think you have uh, something coming up on the 30th. I really want you to tell people about and just where you are online. Yeah. So the book is at slaythebully.com. They can definitely get it there. And then I have a massive, huge launch event, which I'm so excited to invite people to. And you can come to slaythebullylaunch.com. And, and sign up for it. We're going to be doing live giveaways. It's this huge revolution. We're, we are absolutely revolutionizing the conversation around toxic people, toxic relationships. We want you to come. We want you to come join the mission, join our community. So we are going to be doing live giveaways. We're going to be doing so much fun stuff because we want you to feel empowered against the most toxic personalities on the planet. We have taken literally thousands of people 
from lives of drama, trauma, and chaos to step into lives of freedom, possibility, and purpose. And we want to do the same thing for you. So come join us on the 30th at 9 a.m. Pacific time, slaythebullylaunch.com. And we are going to have a party. So mm. come join us that day. And you can also get the book at slaythebully.com. So thank you. Amazing. Rebecca so Zong, you are a powerful, powerful woman, my friend. You're doing amazing work. Really revolutionize the conversation around this topic and we need you. So thank you. You're welcome back anytime. Thank you. Super so excited for your book. Everybody go pick up a copy today. Slaythebully.com and slaythebullylaunch.com. You don't want to miss what they're doing on September 30th. As always, you guys, I appreciate you for tuning into this show. If you like it, if you know you just got some nugget of wisdom that you're going to go apply to your life, or maybe you just need to share this with somebody that you love, who you know has been struggling or has been in a relationship or dynamic like this, you could be like a miracle for them. If you just send them this episode, share it with a friend and let us know how this is impacting you, how you can have been applying what you learn on this show. Cause it's one thing to hear it. It's one thing to get inspired by it, to get excited about it. It's a totally different thing to go and apply it to your life. And that's when you start to see the real change. So as always, go be coachable, do something this week that makes you stretch, that challenges you to get outside of your comfort zone. And maybe that for you this week is saying no. Maybe that's saying, I'm not going to take it anymore. Setting a boundary, deciding for yourself what you're going to tolerate or who you want to become. That's on you. And that is when you get to take your power back. I love you. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next week on the Coachable Podcast.